This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. And this is an exciting time of year at mm-hmm. Zupan's Markets. I get the end of May. What that means is they pull out the grills mm-hmm. at Zupan's, both at McAdam and the Lake Oswego yep. store, formerly known as Lake Grove. Now we're going to call it Lake Oswego. Which makes sense. Yeah, I that's think where so. it is. I a lot saw, of people wouldn't know where I Lake always, Grove is. I used to always have to think, I'm like, Lake, oh, that's Lake Oswego. Yeah, so it's Lake Oswego, mm-hmm. and they're proud of it. And it's a beautiful store. Yep. Uh, Thursdays in Lake Oswego are Burgers in the Breezeway from 11 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. we got all day to do that. And time's out perfect for me. I've uh, A couple of times where I've gone home from work, stopped by there, grabbed the burgers and fries, and took them home and, and oh, that's enjoy a good them idea. as a family. Oh, that's it's, good. it's awesome. And then McAdam on Fridays, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. So it's 7.30 in Lake Oswego and 7 p.m. in McAdam, which is also a great store. Easy way for you to keep in the know about all things Zupans is their news feed. Sign up at Zupans.com. You get exclusive offers and deals. We've been talking about this for years now, Chris. Uh, coming up, here's something that needs to be on your radar. because At this time of year. Yes, this is something I always do, and I'm, I'm going to do this. Buy one, get one hanging basket starting May 31st through June 2nd. And if you know Zupans, those hanging baskets were not just any hanging baskets. They're all bountiful and beautiful. Oh, yeah. So two of them yep. for the price of one. And they source their uh, flowers locally from Camas Nursery in Salem and Skyline Nursery in North Plains. That's right. And also, coming up June 1st, the Taste of Summer, a fun afternoon of summertime sampling with a variety of local vendors. That's always exciting. Mm-hmm. Featuring the best in barbecue, salads, wine, beer, and more. So bring the whole family and jump around the store and uh, experience the best of summer at Zupan's. You got to do it. Three locations, Lake Oswego, McAdam, West Burnside, and of course, always wear Chris. At Zupan's.com. All right, it's time. Portland's Food Scene Podcast right at the fork. It's here, a brand new episode with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures. And Court Johnson. Yeah. From kink.fm. Mm, I do have I have four C's in front of my name <laughs> and would appreciate it if people would start calling me properly. And, and it's only been six years, so it's yeah. hard to remember. Yeah. I, I had to I had to get my bearings there. But speaking sure. of getting bearings, anybody who's in Oregon needs to get their set their bearings on on the coast. Oh yeah. I, I I'm so glad we had this episode uh because it's just locked it in. I need to go to restaurant back. I, I haven't been yet. I need to go. Here's the thing. Your it's been kid, on my list. Your kids are getting older. You're going to be able to be doing a little more exploring outside of dance right. competitions. Are you saying like point. exploring with them or without them? Either way. Right. But the older they get, the more the the more freedom you have and yeah. the more options you'll have. So you and you will you sh- you've got to. Everybody has to go out to restaurant back. Yeah. At some point, if they like eating, they like food, and you like beautiful things. Right. And and. Everything from what I understand and everything I've seen, because I saw your pictures from your trip there recent. I've seen other people go out to Restaurant Beck because of where it's located. Unbelievable. Like yeah. an experience of a lifetime. Yeah. No, it's great. And I, the reason that we have that we did this podcast is I was out there having dinner the other night and I asked if Justin was around, Justin Wills, who's yeah. a very story chef and who's owned the restaurant with his wife, Stormy, for a long time. And uh, we were having dinner. as Justin around. Now, he's down at Sorella, which is their other restaurant, which is in Newport Nye Beach. Mm-hmm. Fantastic restaurant. And I've been there a few times recently, too. But no, but Sam's here. And I didn't know Sam. Yeah. So Sam Bretz, uh, who, with uh, the beautiful woman that he lives with, Kay Tustin, mm-hmm. um, they met at, uh, actually they met in Montana, and they went up to Alaska. We didn't cover this. Nope. Uh, but they went up to Alaska to work at a restaurant together. By the way, Sam wrote us the longest biography, personalized biography we've ever gotten from anybody who's ever appeared on Right at the Fork. Yeah. We should actually just include that. In the show notes. There we go. That? I'll do that. Yeah, there we that'd go. That'd be good. Yeah. So then we'll know more. But they went to Alaska. They ended up at uh, Irving Street Kitchen, one of our classic Portland restaurants in the Pearl, yep. um, under Sarah Schaefer. And um, he made his way. He got an offer out at Restaurant Beck at a very young age and went out to become... Uh, to work under Justin Wills there, and now he's kind of running the show. He's the chef de cuisine. Five years old. Yeah, no. And Kay, who's a pastry chef, came out. 
She's 26. She's running the pastry uh, program at Sorella mm-hmm. in Nye Beach and also Restaurant Beck. And they're, this is not just any old pastry. I thought the dessert we had at Sorella was, been, was one of the best we'd had in a while. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a, it's a real testament, testament to these two people that they're in their mid-20s with running such great doing such great things yeah and, and living in a really cool place and i start to think about what they have in front of them and you know yeah at 25 what did we have going we already discussed this. yeah a little bit um but yeah, it wasn't no. a, our stuff wasn't wasn't nearly as sexy yeah i want to go out and ask if i can uh just spend a day with sam doing a little foraging out there i think that would be a fun day sure leave my dogs somewhere right but maybe they can help forage so uh, by phone. We don't do a lot of phone interviews, nope. but it's a lot to ask two people to drive all the way in from Depot Bay, Oregon, yeah. where they were, I don't know, somewhere around there. Spend more time in the from. car than actually here in the studio. Right. So we, there are a couple of little technical difficulties along the way. We hope you look past that and enjoy this interview with Sam Bretz and Kay Tustin of Restaurant Beck and Sorella. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupan's on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove. And at Zupan's.com, eat well, put taste first, love your food. By Ringside Steakhouse. Owned by the Peterson family for generations, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape, featuring impeccable service that has set the standard for nearly 75 years. Enjoy the finest aged steaks, their world-famous onion rings, and even Ringside's legendary late-night happy hour. Whether it's a special occasion, a business dinner, or just a great night out, make a reservation at ringsidesteakhouse.com today. By Portland Food Adventures. Tempt yourself with an incredible Italian food vacation with Astri Enzyme and a wonderful October journey to Bologna and Emilia-Romagna. It's all at portlandfoodadventures.com under the Trips tab. Contact right at the Fork host Chris Angeles for more information and special savings on these PFA food journeys. And by Gen Air Quality Appliances at Standard TV and Appliance. Standard TV and Appliance is your source for the best of Gen Air and associated brands, where you can check out the latest technology in appliances like Gen Air's remote access ranges with a host of other cool features for your upgrade or remodel. Gen Air and Standard, both staples in Oregon and Washington kitchens since 1947. Thanks for doing this. I got a little concerned because I saw somewhere on Facebook the restaurant posting for a sous chef, and my first thought was, oh, my God, I hope that's... But I know you're not the sous chef. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, we, uh, yeah, we're in kind of a transition of a couple employees, so... But no, yeah, I'm still there. Well, maybe we can help because we have a couple of people in Portland who are in the industry who may... Actually, this is a good segue. It's a good way to start. Who may be interested in getting out of the Portland rat race and coming out to Depot Bay, your neck of the woods, to work. So uh, we've got a sous chef position out there. Why don't you talk about it? Yeah. um, So it's actually a pretty small kitchen. You know, it's usually just uh, Justin's the owner, and then um, it's just me, the chef de cuisine, and then a sous chef. And then usually when it's like the summertime, we'll get some help in there, uh, cooks wise, just to make sure service goes smoothly. But for the most part, it's usually just me and a sous chef. And it's a job that usually requires a certain amount of skill because uh, it isn't about just coming in and doing the cooking. As a matter of fact, I'd say that's probably the easiest part of it. I would say the, the job's a lot more intimate with the details of food, kind of really pushing the envelope and bouncing ideas off of each other. Um, and I would imagine, that, I would imagine it's a pretty unique position compared to similar positions in Portland because, and I don't know whether the sous chef is accompanying you on your foraging expeditions daily or close to every day, but would that be part of it too? Enjoying the coast as part of your work in such an intimate way? Right, right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I think it's 
something that I'm always kind of encouraging all of our staff to be more knowledgeable and stuff with it. And um, we've definitely had sous chefs in the past that uh, have done a lot more foraging with me. But yeah, so the foraging and kind of learning a lot more about what's going on around us on the coast. So like uh, one of the things is like I'd like to get more into um, harvesting the seaweeds, you know, from the ocean and uh, it is, I'd say it's definitely more intimate with the food side of it, uh, getting to know the local area. And it, it definitely is a lot different than a regular sous chef position. Um, we do a lot more focusing on the details of stuff and trying to work on perfecting things, you know, lots of experiments, especially in the winter time. It's a lot of research and development experiments. I would honest to God, though, I'd say it's like a dream chef position. You know, it's not like the, it's not the crazy stress of like, say a city kitchen, um, but you get to work a lot more with high end ingredients and it is, it's really fun. You know, you work in a beautiful place. The hours aren't long. I would I would imagine right. that would be appropriate for um one of the chefs or restaurants here that's really invested in their people to send somebody on a sabbatical out there for a summer to you know to get pretty close to the food and learn the food in a different way and then come back and they'll be much more knowledgeable after, after having worked at restaurant Beck for a season or a year. That's kind of what you did, is it not? When you first went out there and, and Kay, hello, we have you on the phone too. <laughs> so Kay, uh, yeah. Kay's a, yeah. the pastry chef at Beck and at Sorella. Um, and you came out before her. You were both at Irving Street Kitchen. I'll just lead the, with this and you can fill in the blanks. But you were both at Irving, working at Irving Street Kitchen and had worked elsewhere at other places in the Northwest before that. But you, the opportunity came for you to go out to Restaurant Beck. Kay stayed in Portland. And your original plan, as I read it in your soliloquy, or that was that a novel? I forget. It wasn't a novel because it was truth. It, was, it wasn't fiction. Right, but uh, you mm-hmm. went out with the idea of just working a season at Beck, and then uh, it was so great. You got, yeah. Well, Kay had an in, and you've both been out there working for how long now together? Oh, us working together. Yeah. When did you start? At, oh, at, I started at Beck. in November. In November. Okay. Well, let me yeah, just preface this. Let me just preface this by saying how this podcast came about. I came out for the first time in a few years for dinner at Restaurant Beck. Um, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. So I don't try to book guests too far in advance because you never know what happens. And I like to sometimes have a guest where we just experience the food. So in that vein, um, I had also been to Sorella. Kay, I don't know if you know this, Sorella. Oh, a month and a half ago, two months ago, and my girlfriend and I had dessert, and we commented at the time, this was the best dessert we've had in a long time. And she and I had been traveling to Italy, too, just so you know. Oh, thank you. We were really impressed, and that was at Sorella, and of course, the desserts at Restaurant Beck have always been stellar. So that's a high bar that both of you have to uh, sustain. Oh, yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm, Thanks. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, we both just work really, really hard. We both take our careers very seriously. Um, we have high expectations of our food and of ourselves. And, um, you know, I think just being passionate about it is really what drives it. You know, we, we're always striving for perfection. And I'd say we're both each other's biggest critiques, you know. Um, oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, we're always um, looking on Instagram for ideas and um, also, honestly, it's just <clears throat> about finding, um, like going to the farmer's market and just finding this, you know, great produce and then just kind of getting inspirations from that. Right. Right. And showcasing what's in season, you know, mm-hmm. like Oregon strawberries. I mean, I just had, um, so like, you know, Oregon strawberries have the season just started just a few weeks ago. Uh, but the ones I got this last week, um, I think it might be a different varietal. I'm not hundred mm-hmm. percent sure, but I got them from Pablo Mino's farms. And, oh, my God, they were just so good. So now I'm just trying to work on ways on how we can showcase it and, you know, not just Kay's working on it for the dessert side, but now I'm trying to figure out how I should showcase it savory side, oh, yeah. you know. And, um, 
Yeah, so it's just uh, our passions, though. And what I was saying with the critiquing, though, is that we both are very, uh, we don't have our egos built into it, where I feel like a lot of cooks and chefs, they get too sensitive when things are critiqued. Mm -hmm. But we actually, I think both of us strive to be critiqued. We like to have the criticism. um, But I think we're really good at filtering it out. You know, someone may say they don't like, uh, like at the restaurant, they don't say, oh, we are not so sure about pork belly and ice cream, right? you know, but that's our most popular dish. So I know, you know, it's, it's not everyone's going to love everything, but um, say if everyone's commenting saying, oh, this is too salty, or maybe the pickled mustard seeds are too weird with this dish, then I can say, you know what, you know, I, I agree, you know, and usually I have a good idea going into something on if it's a little pushing the envelope a little too far mm-hmm. for everyone. Uh, some people may love it, and some people may dislike it. But. Well, I, I'm sorry, Kay, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to mention, like, the barnacles. For yeah. That restaurant back where, like, it's really cool, but was it a gooseneck barnacle? Yeah, so we'll yeah. do gooseneck barnacles once in a while, and everyone, we get a lot of comments on, oh, when are you going to bring them back, you know? It's a very unique dish, and everyone I think loves the idea of it. But uh, you know they're they're going they're probably going to order like the beef or whatever else we have on the menu. Like they love to see that it's on the menu, but it won't sell that great. Well, that's know? why I mean, people should should really look at the tasting menu when they go out there. And when we were out there recently, um, we actually went down and said, "Let's have almost everything we could make." A cu- we thought we were customizing our tasting menu just. One of each thing. And I said right off the bat, now ah, let's have everything but the pork belly. And then I thought about it. And I thought, well, wait a minute, because it had been a few years. That pork belly is mm-hmm. Restaurant Beck's signature dish. So we had it. And it is one of the it's one of the most special things you can eat in this state is your pork belly and the what's the ice cream? Well, you know, we change up the ice cream about every week. But currently I have. Uh, I have a burnt Timothy Hay Ash ice cream. That's what we had. Nothing like yeah. the Timothy Hay Ash. I, any other ash, I can't go with. But the Timothy Hay, I'm just kidding. There, so, no yeah, idea. Right. <laughs> what makes it Timothy yeah, Hay I mean, Ash? Right, and it's served with uh, sea beans that I foraged from the ocean. So mm-hmm. uh, I usually we try to make the dishes kind of approachable to everyone, so like everyone knows. A lot of people understand what pork belly is, you know, and people know what ice cream is. But the combination or, uh, you know, you throw something in there that makes it unique and memorable. You know, I have people that they'll eat, you know, four or five years ago and then come in and talk to me. And they'll tell me exactly what they had. And that's what's really cool is that they remember everything about it. You know, there's so many places now that you could go and have a steak and just, you know, a month later, forget about it. Mm-hmm. I forget about ninety six percent of what I eat a couple of weeks later. That's why, um, yeah. No, and and I. That's why I noted that I remembered the um, the pork belly and ice cream. It's so good. Um, and I would yeah. imagine yeah. that you guys, aside from what your your criticism from um, customers, you have you know you have Justin and Stormy there who've been you know, created restaurant back and have been there. It's a long time now. Is it almost 10 years or is it over 10 years? There's yeah, I think it's, it's 10. I think it might just be a little bit over 10. I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah. Yeah, It's been longer uh, than than you think. I'm sorry. I keep cutting in on you, Kay. Sorry. um, I was about to say, if I remember right, I think Stormy was pregnant with Becker when they first. Oh, they must have, they just had him, I think. Right. Yeah. Because that's what it's named after. Right. So, and he's, he's a, you know, he's got chops, some James Beard Awards, and have been serving excellent food out on the coast for a long time. So um, I think it's uh, it's a compliment to both of you that uh, he's given, he's put a lot of trust, they've put a lot of trust in in your skills to keep people coming back and keep that reputation uh, more than afloat, but sailing. Oh, for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, we definitely always look for their critiques as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it is great. I always, I respect them both a lot. Um, it is great to be working for them and they do give us a lot of freeway. 
uh, we can almost, you know, we have some boundaries, but we can almost do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I feel like we've done a pretty good job honing in on what the cuisine styles are for both Sorella and Restaurant Beck. I agree. I mean, for me, it's a little, because I'm working for both restaurants, so I have to, like, know do Sorella desserts and Beck desserts, and Beck desserts, I can go, like, a little bit crazier and use, you know, ingredients. I wouldn't normally use like, but my rule for Sorella is I have like a certain ingredients that I won't use like raisins. I can't use raisins <laughs> for Sorella because it'll kill a dessert in my opinion, but I can still use like raisins with that fat because people are just, they're not, I don't know. They're more adventurous. I'd say. Why would raisins yeah, kill too. a dessert? It's not like that's something new. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not, it's not like Timothy Hay ice cream, <laughs> Ash ice cream. Yeah. It's it's like um it's like you know it's like fruit cake or you know it's just okay people just don't like raisins yeah people just don't <laughs> tend to buy it I know yeah. that's that's just one ingredient but I um but yeah I I do like working for both restaurants and it gives me a lot to work with having two different you know customer types of customers I guess. That broadens your horizons. And speaking of broadening, yeah. broadening your horizons, one of the reasons I really wanted to have both of you on is, uh, well, first of all, Sam came out and talked to us. And uh, one of the uh, criteria for having a guest on this podcast is that they're articulate and can hold a conversation and are interesting. And we found that uh, that was obvious. But what I thought was would be interesting to talk about We've interviewed a lot of chefs from Portland who work in Portland restaurants. I wanted to get, and you've touched on it a little bit, but I wanted to get from both of you, um, I love the Oregon coast. I chose to move out there and spend most of my time out there. And so in my mind, uh, I don't know how you balance, uh, you know, you're young, so you guys don't need to be making a ton of money, but you have to be making enough to live. What's the lifestyle there? What What did you give up and what did you gain by going, both of you leaving Irving Street Kitchen, which is a great restaurant and a great spot with a great reputation and going out to Restaurant Beck? Not so much from um, the kitchen standpoint, just being a chef, but in terms of your lifestyle and your outlook on your careers going forward? Yeah. So um, what I would say is the biggest change and challenge, um, and this is a little bit of the restaurant side, but uh, the availability of stuff, you know, we don't have a whole lot that we can pull from. Uh, fortunately, we do have a wonderful farmer's market, especially for the size of town we are. I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think we're only around like 10,000 people in Newport. That's correct. Yeah, so... Uh, oh, so you're referring to Newport and not Depot Bay when you talk about the farmer's market and where you right. live. Right, okay. Right, yes. Um, and so, yeah, and that's year-round, uh, the farmer's market. We have a winter's one, which is something we didn't have back in Montana. So, uh, but, the you know, Portland being a hub for a lot of cuisine and stuff is great to get a lot of produce, a lot of product. It's a lot easier. Uh, Getting things out here is definitely a lot more difficult. And then on the personal side, you know, just shopping around. I think people, you know, you take it kind of for granted when you're in a city that you can just, if you want to go to Target, there's one like two miles away. You know, Mm -hmm. if you want to go to um, Fred Meyers, there's one really close you know, a food or a new seasons market, but here you really have to be selective. I think Newport only has just a few grocery places. There's like mm-hmm. grocery outlet, uh, Safeway, Fred Myers, and you know, there's only one of each. So, well, at least you have that in Newport up where I am. I, I realized when I first moved out to Manzanita and my computer shit the bed one night, I had a, it was, you know, a, four-hour proposition round trip, not even the time to figure out what computer I wanted to replace it with. So you have, right. that, you have that too. You, you don't know that until you get out there, that all of a sudden, you know, I need a printer, I need any the small things, dog food. <laughs> and and, it, and yeah. it's, it's a long way. So what is, what are, um, how about uh, the cost of living out there? Mm. You know, the cost of living is uh, not nearly as high as Portland. However, the housing has been very difficult to find. 
you see a lot of people selling like summer homes and vacation rentals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But for actual like house living, it's kind of difficult to find everyone that has tried to move out here. I always suggest them to really, really look hard for housing. Mm-hmm. You know, some people they're like, Oh, I'm thinking about going out there. I'm like, well, start looking now because yeah, it's, it's tricky. There's not a lot available. So the housing can get kind of pricey. Uh, it really depends on where you go. Um, well, most if people aren't living there, they're short-term rentals. That's what they. That's where they can take advantage of of rentals. So, long-term rentals are hard to come by on the coast. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Especially because we have a cat, so trying to find a place that also takes pets as well as the limited availability. Right. You know, it it's was like a challenge. Portland was really good at you know allowing oh, pets yeah. and stuff. It seems like everyone seems to do it, but out here and it seemed like Montana, it, they don't. They just don't offer it as much. Um, so, uh, but other than that, like the cost of living, you know, we don't have to pay for parking, you know, when we go places. So that's nice. And look um, what you get to do on your days off. What do you like to do on your, and I assume you're both off on the same days. You get that advantage. Right, right. So yeah, on our days off, I mean, there's, there's a whole lot to do. We're really outdoorsy people. You know, it really helps that I forage a lot. So there's always something to do on the day off, whether it's traveling um, down to Yahats mm-hmm. or down to Belsita Head. You know, I mean, there's, it's such a beautiful area that you really can't go wrong in any direction that you want to go. You can just go hang out on the beach. Um, there's just, I'd say, if you are really into the outdoors, the Oregon coast is, is key. Cause I mean, you can go into the coastal mountain range and in like the fall pick mushrooms and there's always places to go, always beautiful things yeah. to see over here. I feel like that's the number one thing we do is just go and explore. Basically go on a drive. Right. Do that too. You right. can go right. in any direction. It's beautiful. Do you have a couple of like secret mm-hmm. spots that you particularly love? Um, Realizing that when you tell all these people in Portland that are listening to this podcast, they're not going to jump in a car and jump down there right now. But are there any little trails or anything that you might be able to mention that could make someone's life a little better if they experience them? Right. So I say I always tell people that they should head down to Helsita Head and mm-hmm. see the Helsita Head Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's a really beautiful lighthouse. As a matter of fact, I think it's the most photographed lighthouse in the country mm-hmm. um it's it's really beautiful and just that drive down towards like cape perpetua it's really you're like on these high cliffs above the ocean and i think all year round that's just such a beautiful drive you know mm-hmm. right now you have a lot of uh blossoms so you can get a lot more color you know you have the scotch broom blooming and the daisies are starting to bloom and the the tulips so and there's a lot of trails Right. They're really gorgeous. Right. So Cape Perpetua and Helsita Head, it's all kind of in the same general area. And I would always just suggest everyone check out that area. And if you use, um, if you use Cape Perpetua uh, recreation area as a destination, you're going to go up pretty high, too. So you get through that area, and then you have a pretty incredible vantage point looking south um, at that, you know, when you park in the parking area up there and look south. Uh, that's pretty special. No one's going to be upset by that. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, it is definitely a treat to live over here and get to experience that whenever we want to. And I always tell people uh, if they visit the restaurant and they're looking for kind of a nice view that's close. Uh, so where we're at is just south of Depot Bay. And we're right next to this um, cape called Cape Foulweather. And you can take a right instead of going up Cape Bellwether to the Autocrest Loop. And it's a really nice little drive. It's just kind of a little scenic route. It goes, you know, you end up in the same spot, uh, but it goes along the cliff side of it instead of going up over the Cape. Mm-hmm. And then there's this pullout, this historic lookout that you can uh, look out over the ocean. You can see all the way down to the lighthouse in Newport and mm-hmm. you're really high up and, it's really kind of a hidden gem. I 
think my, I didn't really get to experience it until like a year, year and a half into working. I would always just go to work and head home and not really take that loop because I didn't really know much about it. And then one day I decided to take the loop and man, it was such a view. So beautiful. Uh, Not a lot of people do stop in there, but I think it's called, uh, I think it's just lookout. What is it? I think it's just Cape Foulweather Lookout. Yeah, Cape Foulweather. And you know what's really cool? You know there are other places like that out there that you have not discovered yet. So they're still in front of you, and as you you know, time goes on. I got to say, you, in your description, because Restaurant Beck, I've always told people you can't get a prettier view from a restaurant in the state of Oregon than you can at Restaurant Beck. Absolutely gorgeous. It's at the Whale Cove Inn, but... Right next to it, one of my favorite stops every time I'm down in there is Rocky Creek, uh, the, the, <laughs> the scenic viewpoint there. I've seen whales. Um, it is so beautiful with real rough crashing waves against the, the coast. Um, it's a really nice spot. It's a great pit stop for the dogs. Always a great view looking north towards your place and south, too. <laughs> so that is one of the true yeah. little, just stop there for 20 minutes and you feel refreshed in life. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely, um, another one of those times where I'm like blessed as a chef to be over here because, you know, sometimes we'll close down, uh, the, everything on the coast kind of closes down a little earlier, yes. actually quite a bit earlier than <laughs> Portland. So say, uh, you know, around like May, you know, this time of year, we'll have days sometimes that we'll close at like, seven seven thirty and the sun is still up and i can go and enjoy the sunset i usually just maybe grab a san pellegrino and just go and pull into that little rocky creek and just watch the ocean and look watch some whales because they're migrating you know and it is it's a wonderful time to just kind of relax and didn't you get a picture of an orca recently yeah yeah actually this last week we had an orca come into the cove at restaurant back. They were all the over well the coast. Them. I saw a ton of pictures on Facebook of orcas all over Oregon this last week. Yeah, and it was really a unique experience because it was right at sunset, and I, I heard uh, our server came into the kitchen and said, there's an orca in the cove. I know we had one come in about three or four years ago, um, oh, wow. but I didn't get to see it. So this time I was like, I my sous chef, he continued to cook, and I was like, all right, well, I gotta, I'm going to go see this. So everyone in the dining room got up, and we all went outside and watched the orca for a bit, and it really was a pretty unique experience. Uh, we have harbor seals that are in the cove as well. It's a protected cove. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think it's a federal well protection or reserve, wherever they call it. And so uh, we have seal, harbor seals down there, and I think the orca was looking for a snack, but... It was really just cool to see. I think I was probably only like 40 to 50 feet away from it at one point. It was staying pretty close to the shore. So, um, you don't get to see you know, that. You don't get to see that in Portland. That's not what people are talking about in Portland right now. What you see that in the general world. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So while we're on the subject, because um, we could come back to it in a bit, but um, would you, well, you get a little time. So, um, do you get to get out? And, uh, and uh, by the way, I was impressed by the fact that you grabbed a San Pellegrino to go out to Rocky Creek and not, you yeah. know, a beer or something. Very clean lifestyle right. you're living out there. Let's pause briefly here, Chris, talk about our favorite place to eat in town, Ringside Steakhouse. Where, as a matter of fact, I just had the opportunity to go last night for a little Sunday night dinner. Mm. Um, so you went there for Easter? Well, I had I went with my girlfriend to a wonderful... Easter lunch at her daughter's. Okay. So, uh, but then I was a little hungry. That was right. So that was an early lunch. Why not cap off Easter? Sitting at home, and I thought, man, ringside. Some of the the onion soup. I had a Jones for their onion soup. Yeah, which is awesome, and it smelled so good. It was worth just going there for the smell, even if I couldn't eat it. Yep. Just to smell it, it was great. And um, so I had that and a Caesar salad, which was great. Which is nice light meal. No meat at ringside last night. Right. But uh, but I did have the opportunity. Um, I met a server I have never met there before, Angelica. Mm-hmm. 
um, beautiful woman who I asked her recommendations on the menu because we you know we've asked Craig, the owner, what he suggests. Right. But now it's good to hear what she liked, mm-hmm. and so she, of course, said the bone-in ribeye, which right. is the first thing that came to mind for her, and that we both love. Yep. We've ordered that before, but something I've never had there: the fried shrimp. She said it's just the best I've had fried that. shrimp. You, yeah. Oh, I've had that. I, I get. I in fact, I add that on almost every single time I'm there. Oh, it's I so not, good. I haven't had it yet. Yeah. So now, but. Speaking, it's also on the happy hour menu. Yeah. So um, I love happy hour. You can get the shrimp cocktail for, I think it's five seventy five, mm-hmm. and they're beautiful and they're big. And you can also get the fried shrimp for the same same thing oh, man. at happy hour. Now, ring size happy hour is after 9 o'clock or earlier in the day on Sundays. Yep. Don't forget, they've got the three-course supper special every single night. And on Mondays, prime time. Prime rib, three course prime rib dinner for just thirty five bucks. Thirty five bucks. That's Ringside Steakhouse we're talking about. That is not. That's not the buffet spot down the street. That's Ringside prime rib, three courses. So um, that and try the fried shrimp next time you go as well. I'm going to do that. Maybe we'll see each other there. As you should set up a reservation. You can do that at RingsideSteakhouse.com. Hey, Chris, we'd like to welcome our great sponsor, Gen Air at Standard TV and Appliance. Yeah, it's awesome. They were with us a couple of years ago, but appropriate now. Both in their, uh, both started in 1947, and just last year, Gen Air launched a beautiful series of new appliances. They really upgraded everything. They have two lines, Rise and Noir, for you to check out at Standard TV and Appliance. Tell us a little bit about them, Court. Well, both of these lines connect to Wi-Fi so that you can use them using your Amazon Alexa or maybe you've got a Google-assisted enabled device like a Google Home. Connect and control appliances remotely. Like if you want to set the uh, oven before you get home, you can do that. Get real-time notifications. You can contact Gen Air call center through them. And get this, get a recipe from Yumly through the device. More than one. You yeah. can do a few of them. And not only that, you can attach your dishwasher to Amazon and get get lo- dishwasher detergent delivered w- without even thinking about it. Nothing is worse than running out of dishwasher detergent and not, not realizing it, but your dishwasher or your washing machine are going to know this. Absolutely. So both the Noir and Rise line feature irresistible interiors illuminated by cinematic and chef's lighting, which is really cool. you got to see these. Smooth racks and flat tines, an expanse of dark glass. Really easy way for you to check out these lines. You can Google search Gen Air Rise or Gen Air Noir. That's one way to check these out, but there's an even better way to do it. Let's go down to Standard TV and Appliance. They have four locations, mm-hmm. one in Beaverton, two in Portland. The showrooms are beautiful, and you'll be able to see them. Uh, not only in the showrooms, but on the on the showroom floor, and uh, also one in Bend for our millions of listeners out that way. Mm-hmm. Are yeah. there any places that you out uh, other than Sorella and Restaurant Beck? Which, by the way, those are the those should be the top two on anybody's list if they're going to that neck of the woods, Central Coast. Um, you're about halfway down the coast in Depot Bay and a little further in Newport. Um, but any other places that you highly recommend that people try um, for lunch, breakfast, dinner down there? Yeah, so our main stop, the one that we really love to go to, would be the Yahats Brewery, actually. Mm-hmm. Their food is really good. Um, I follow them a lot on Instagram as well. They seem to be doing kind of a similar style to what we do, so like they do a lot of local fresh they deal with a lot of the same farmers that we do uh mm. it's definitely a lot more of a relaxed environment being a brewery um but they it's a great place to get really fresh food and i think that's definitely our favorite spot outside of restaurant beck and sorella yeah whenever we go down you know going down to Cape Petra, we always stop there and just you know stop great yeah and then let's see so there's also, I haven't eaten there yet, but I've worked with their, I've sold some forage stuff to their chef, and um, I know Justin's good friends with them. Um, but Clearwater Restaurant is in the in the bayfront of mm-hmm. Newport, and it has a wonderful view as well. You get to see all the boats stocked up, and they're more of a fine dining style as well. And also, um, on the top floor, you can look over the sea lions as well. Wow. I love that and you're mentioning the two places I go a lot, and those are two places I've never been. I there's so <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. I mean, I have my favorites, but I've been in Yahats a lot. I haven't been there, although that's fairly new. Yahats Brewing, is it not? Yeah, I think the uh, 
I think they like redid the brewery and stuff. I don't think it has been that long. So, right. um, than that there's a place called local ocean that I used to always recommend everyone because they do get local seafood. There uh, they do the same fish purveyors. That's my um, recommendation. Which, uh, I love that place. Do you know Enrique, nice. the chef at, at local ocean? Uh, I've met him a couple times. Um, I don't, I haven't talked to him a whole lot, but yeah, I've definitely met him. So one of my favorite things to tell people to do other than go into your restaurant and lately I've been adding Sorella into that mix is to go local ocean and there are four seats at the chef's counter there. And that's a, that's a fun thing to do to watch them making all the different things that they're making there. And they're not, it's not fussy food at local ocean, local ocean. They're slamming it together and it's just delicious. Yeah, certainly. And then I, we have a, a new restaurant that opened up less than a year ago, I think. Um, it's OV Northwest. Mm. And that is actually opened up by the, I want to say he's the original chef of Local Ocean. Mm-hmm. And he's doing, I haven't been in there, but I've heard a lot of good things. He's doing more of the unique stuff uh, like sous vide and stuff that we do as well. And that's in Newport also, OV or OB Northwest? OV, I believe it's, let me see, I think it's OVI Northwest. Okay. All right. Well, that's cool. Mm, I, I can't find it, but it's definitely OV restaurant. Okay. And, well, someone Googling yeah. it will come across that. I'm sure there aren't too many other things like like right there. So, okay, you two, how old are you two? I, I don't mind asking somebody that's as young as you are. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 26. And, yep. and then uh, I'm 25, and I started a little over three years ago at Restaurant Beck, and I've been there for about two, two and a half. Two and a half how yeah. awesome is that, that you two in your mid-20s, because you, you have so much in front of you. Um, you've accomplished mm-hmm. a lot at your age. You're doing some incredible things, some fantastic food. I can't compliment you enough that at that age you've accomplished that much, man. When I was your, when I was 26, Court, when you were 26, what did you have accomplished by then? I don't mean to put you on the spot. No, I was I was working in radio, so <laughs> that you can give or take the level of success. So I don't know if it was good or not. No, that was because I had left it. But you were on the air, so sure, yeah. that was good. Yeah. I was working in radio. In my 30s, and I wasn't on the air. I have nothing to be proud about other than a couple of advertisers. Radio, yeah, exactly. Selling it, baby. You were doing better than I was. So everybody that I talk to, that's the thing. Surround yourself by successful people, and you'll end up having a better life and a better podcast, too. So both of you, <laughs> um, first of all, I have to, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Justin and Stormy for um, doing such a great job procuring your services and and employing you secondly i hope they're okay with you giving all those nice recommendations in the area too because you know that's that's a very oregon thing to be suggesting other restaurants having a a chef recommend other restaurants it doesn't happen a lot you know in the east coast Mm -hmm. doesn't happen so um thank you to them for allowing our listeners to have the benefit of your knowledge of the area so uh, at 25 and 26 years old, what do you want to be doing 10 years from now? What are you, what are you setting yourself up for? And, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I think it'd be great if we could like own our own place, own our own restaurant or, um, what do you think, Sam? Yeah. I mean, it is definitely kind of like all up in the air. I mean, even five years ago, I didn't think I'd be where I'm at right now. Um, but I definitely agree that I think we're probably going to own our own place at some point. Uh, you know, uh, that's pretty much, I'd say like the, the goal for a lot of chefs, you know, cause I, while Justin Stormy give me a lot of freeway and I can pretty much do almost anything I want in the kitchen, it is something unique when you get to own your own place. So I'm not a hundred percent sure what our future will hold. Uh, but you know, it's bright. We work really hard. We stay really focused. Um, we seem to both just really love what we do in the industry. Uh, I'd say I would like to strive for a best chef Northwest from James Beard foundation at some point. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I don't know if we'll end up in Portland, if we'll stay here on the coast, 
Uh, I mean, 10 years, that's a while, so. It is. Yeah. <laughs> no, even shorter term, but I'll tell you, I know Justin and Stormy had their sights set on Portland years ago, and I think, I, I can't tell, you know, who knows, you can't tell what would have happened, but I think they made the wise choice in being the bigger fish in the smaller pond down there in that neck of the woods than coming up here and trying to compete with this crazy market. Um, and not that they couldn't <laughs> have, not that they wouldn't have done well, but it doesn't matter, you know, there's so much so much going on here it's hard to it's it doesn't matter you the one th- there are so many variables one thing could not go your way and it's tough to compete up here so i'm sure you know that right, too right. so but on the other hand and it's difficult co- to sustain a restaurant on the coast because you have so many months where there aren't a lot of people out there and you have to employ people and keep them paid and so forth so it's a little um, exactly i would say like the the cost of just uh, having property, though, in Portland is is really expensive. Oh, you know, and we'd have to like say if we opened a restaurant there, we'd definitely have to have investors, like someone backing it. Right, right. expense. Right. It and was then, different. Um, it was different ten years ago. Here, it's the ball game has changed here now. Right, it's gotten very, very expensive to own a restaurant in the Portland area. Um, <clears throat> but say like. Uh, let's see where was, where were they going with this? Yeah. Uh, well, we, what you were going to do in ten years if you were to open a restaurant there or here? I think that's what we where we were. Oh yes. Well, what I was going to say is a little bit about the off season here on the coast. Uh, it's one of those times that we really kind of kick off in July, and then we go through probably to the end of September. That's mm-hmm. usually when a lot of people will visit the coast and we get our huge influx of business. But I always try to encourage people to come in the spring and fall as well, uh, just because of the variety and stuff that I get to do on the menu. You know, spring right now, I have two new dishes on the menu that are just beautiful and unique to spring. You know, we have asparagus. I have this wild French asparagus uh, with a duck egg yolk, local egg yolk. Uh, The French asparagus, obviously, from France. And, uh, you know, I have this beautiful dish that is really delicate and related to spring. And then I also have a nice spring tart where I have Kay making me a tart crust. It's a burnt honey and rye tart crust. Uh, The center is, um, we have a green garlic and goat cheese. It's a local goat cheese custard. And then I put spring blossoms on it. So it's like this beautiful uh, spring-focused dish that a lot of people don't really get to experience it so much just because not a lot of people are, are experiencing the coast right now. And I, I always tell people to experience it, you know, in the spring and fall, because I mean, just even going to places on the coast, it's just, isn't as packed. You get to mm-hmm. experience a really beautiful part of the coast that most people don't get to experience until it's July and August and it's hot. And, and it's full of people. And don't discount the uh, winter time too, when when there you know it's, there's some people traveling, but it's beautiful out in the winter. The only the only downside for me, but you just have to get into the vibe of it. Is like anywhere else, but you're on the coast. It, it gets darker pretty early. And um, <laughs> but the beautiful thing about the first one of the first things that appealed to me about Oregon and the Northwest was in the summer. Yeah, how late you can get to ten o'clock with some light. To, to do something, right. but yeah. either way, I think all seasons are great, and the advantage of the winter is there just aren't a lot of people out there. Rates are way lower if you're going out to stay at hotels. Um, I would imagine right. the Whale Cove Inn rates are a little more, it's an, it's an opportunity to stay at such a beautiful place for oh. a little less. Of course, of course, and then also uh, the weather, you know, when it's like snowing in Portland, it's always nice to escape to the coast, because Mm-hmm. We like never Raining get snow. Yeah. yeah, it. You know, I'd way rather have some rain than snow and ice. Yeah. And people like to come over here in the winter for storm watching as well. The waves get very, very huge, and it's just incredible to see. Yeah, the sound of them too. You can like feel it in the air. Yeah, I believe like this last winter, I think we even had a day that we had forty foot waves, and mm-hmm. it is something else to experience. You know, you can imagine it, you can see it in videos, but to see it in person and really see the power of the ocean is just something else. Yeah. No, I, I, you, I, I was sold a long time ago, so I agree with you. And I think 
um, you know, it's not a long drive down there, especially from the Portland area. It's just an additional hour than it would take to get to Cannon Beach or Rockaway or Tillamook. So um, it's right. completely it's worth going down. Right. If you go through like the Dundee area and the wine country, uh, the whole drive is beautiful. It's, it's an experience of itself. You know, I, you know, I used to, uh, I was born in Nebraska. And so when you drive from a place, from place to place in Nebraska, you don't see anything. It's flat and you see corn. There's not a whole lot to see. I'm going to disagree with you on that a little bit. I took one of the nicest drives I've ever taken from, um, oh, uh, Grand Island to Alliance on Route 2, I think it was. That was fun, and it was beautiful. So I had always had that same impression of Nebraska, but um, I don't have that anymore. There are some parts of it that are beautiful. Yeah, I'd say that. That's probably true. And, you know, that's probably true for a lot of places. Uh, Was it Beauties in the Eye of the Beholder? Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm not a huge fan of deserty areas, but I know some people actually love them. I love deserty areas, too. Right. And see, I, I'm more of the, like, luscious, everything's growing and green. So that's right. why I'm on Oregon and being mm-hmm. outside in Oregon, because I love seeing everything just full of life, you know. Well, the nice thing about Oregon, though, is you can find that desert. It's not, you know, you don't have to go all the way to the center of the country. You can go eastern Oregon and experience some pretty cool areas. Do you get to travel that much all over Oregon? Right. We haven't really visited the east. Eastern Oregon very much, have we, Sam? Just no. Once, right. Maybe? Yeah, a couple times when we first got here. Uh, but we, I mean, maybe that's also because we kind of have lived a lot in that, or at least I've lived a lot in yeah, that area. Coming from Billings. Right, the high desert. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we do, we try to travel a lot and experience a lot of Oregon. Uh, in the fall, we go a lot to Mount Hood to get, uh, mushrooms. We we forage a lot of mushrooms, and we go to the apple orchards. You know, all stuff for the restaurants, but it's also like a little vacation. You for never us. would think you'd be so into apples until you go to an apple farm and right. they have all the varieties. Sample them, and like, it's just truly like a lot more flavorful than like a grocery store. Right. I, I always used to eat apples. <laughs> right. I I believe there was a. I think it's the Mount Hood Organics Farm, mm-hmm. and they do the mountain rose apple and it's that red fleshed apple. And I know a lot of restaurants strive to get it. It's kind of this almost exotic apple that we have just in our backyard. Uh, but it is such a wonderful flavored apple. So we always head there to the orchard. I get to meet the person in charge. Mm-hmm. I've met the farmer wow. and it's just, it is, it's a wonderful experience and such a beautiful area you got mount hood in the background oh yeah um, it's beautiful fun. that sounds like a nice a fun adventure to find that particular apple not never been on my radar so good so Kay, i have been out there a couple of times and haven't had the good fortune of meeting you in person when would we find you at sorella and or um restaurant beck we know sam is at restaurant beck every night that you're open what about you where how are you are you bouncing back and forth yeah, but I usually work in the morning, so I'll be there. But the door is actually open, like where people can come and do deliveries at like noon, noonish. Oh, so um, you're, so you get to go home at night while Sam's working? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I work morning, so once service starts, I usually I'm pretty fast about getting out of there. I don't so, like to, you know, prep. You know, cause, you know, they cook on the line, and that's where I like to prep. So Any, anything, anything good on there. anything good on Netflix that Sam is missing that you're watching? Um, I just finished the series Dead to Me. Ah, uh, so did that I. is really good. I just ran through it. <laughs> Very good. And Sam, do you get to watch those, or what's the deal with that? Huh. Yeah, there's some there's some series that will. Uh, we'll have I'll to say be like, like this is one that we watched together. No skipping ahead. And then right. sometimes I'll claim a series being like, all right, I started this. I'm I'm going ahead. I'm sorry. Right, right. Yeah, there's <laughs> definitely ones that we try to like save for when we're together. And uh-huh. We can watch it together. Um, but yeah, and then one thing I want to point out is that she has to leave early, uh, you know, before service starts because she does all of her baking in a pizza oven. I do. So, that's been a challenge. Yeah, that's pretty unique in and of itself because I mean we throw everything at her. Uh, there isn't a whole lot that she can't do in that pizza oven, and that's really something that has impressed uh, Justin and I as well is just 
I mean, she's knocking out macarons and mm-hmm. I mean, all sorts of delicate stuff in a pizza oven working. I mean, I use a spray bottle to get some of the humidity in there and wow. um, stack up pans to make sure that things yeah. are getting the right temperatures. Yeah. Below them sometimes above we'll them. have to put like a rack underneath certain things. So it doesn't, cause you know, there's all the heat coming from the stones in the bottom. So it's really, if it's, Cranked up high, it's great for bread, obviously. And when it's brought down low, it's great for custards. But things like cookies, they don't do very well in there. It'll just, like, get the bottom a lot. Um, Bake the bottom first and then get the top right, last. Right. So, wow. yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge. But, you know, I enjoy challenges. I work with what I'm given. That's kind of the chef's way. Do what, you do what you can with what you got, not only from a food standpoint but from the hardware standpoint so there's some special things going on out there anything else because we're just about out of time anything that you wanted to cover that we didn't cover um hmm. no i didn't mean to put you on the spot i just you know if there's something going on at restaurant so sorella right you have there's the uh there's the sundays right there's the uh family suppers yeah, so Sunday is our Sunday supper night, so we do three courses, app, dinner, and a dessert that you can all pick. Um, it's $20 for that. Thursday is Thursday night pizza. You can get a pizza um, in-house for $10, and I think it's $4 draft as well. And, and then the pizza's Tuesday, great. Sorry? Pizza's great out there, too. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we also have a, a gluten-free crust, too, that I make. Fantastic. That's good. And how about Restaurant Beck? It's just, you know, are walk-ins, can you get in as a walk-in in in the summer or you need to have reservations there? Um, I strongly recommend people make a reservation, especially in the summer, because there are days that we'll probably uh, book out. But uh, we definitely allow walk-ins. And even in the spring and fall, I always just suggest people make reservations, but we do a lot of walking. Right. Uh, one thing I did want to say though, and I know I talked about earlier, but spring usually, um, for us, it starts around late February, uh, for my spring menu. Cause then usually when I start to see fiddleheads pop up, miners, lettuce, watercress, mm-hmm. just the different forageable stuff. That's usually when I do a lot more like greens, uh, wild leek blossoms, wild leeks, you know, and then now I'm kind of in a more mid to late spring menu with blossoms. Um, and then fall, I, these are all things that I suggest people come and kind of get to experience before it gets too crazy. Right. Uh, it's kind of a unique produce. And then the fall it's mushroom season. So mm-hmm. once October hits, usually like October 5th is the first day that porcinis really pop. Mm-hmm. And I start bringing in porcinis. And we've got, obviously, chanterelles. Chanterelles probably start around, like, late August, uh, depending on how, you know, the weather is. And then I get some more exotic mushrooms towards the end of the season, like cauliflower mushroom. that will probably get a lot from uh, Mount Hood. I get some bears. I think it's called bear's claw or bear tooth mushroom. Yeah, yeah, bear's head. It's something like that. But it's a big one. A lot of people would think it looks a lot like a lion's mane. It's Mm -hmm. in the same... Well, so, is so the average person listening to a chef talk about those things, um, I just want to point out that everything you're talking about is prepared in a, an extremely special way in a beautiful environment, and uh, it's an experience everybody should have. And also, uh, Sorella one has risen to the top of the list in, uh, in Nye Beach in Newport, too. So, um, Oh, yeah, we're just focusing more on our... Um our dishes at Sorella as well are putting more stuffed pastas on the menu. And, um, and, and everything's handmade. Handmade, yeah. Everything well, is of course. homemade. We make our own pasta in-house there. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is done. There's a lot of traditional, you know, thrown into it. Because I know Justin uh, is Italian, and his grandmother showed him a lot of, you know, handmade of Italian course, Wills. pastas. Of course, Wills. That's definitely Italian Wills. No, I know. He's, oh, he's, yeah. Right. So, um, so help us out with your Instagram so people can follow you and, and make their way down there. Is it at Restaurant Beck? That one's easy. Sorella, I was trying to find that. It's at Sorella what? 
Thrilla Nye Beach. Nye Beach. Okay, oh. good. So that's where you can, and, and if you check out those Instagrams, you can get a little bit of a visual for everything you've been talking about. Um, yeah, and you can follow me at Sam Brett, B-R-E-T-Z, no spaces, no underlines. Very good. At- Kay, you have one too? You have one at your own, or are you yeah. just going with the restaurant's Instagrams? Um, I believe off the, do you know what it looks like? I think it's just like my name, Kay Tustin. Yeah, at period, Kay Tustin. At Kay Tustin. I think there's a period in there somewhere. At Tustin. Yeah, yeah. Good. but well, you'll recognize it because of all the dessert pictures. <laughs> that was nice. I was about to ask, outro you by name, but Sam and Kay at Beck and Sorella, thank you so much for uh, spending the time. I know you were probably got you got a lot to do out there, so to take an hour out of your time, we really appreciate it, and we'll look forward to seeing you again. Let us know where you're in this neck of the woods. Oh, for sure, yeah, for yeah. sure. Great talking with you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. 